And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Two thousand eight, the prequel trilogy is over, and millions of fans are left without Star Wars. Enter a brave group of Jedi led by Dave Filoni, who brought tales of the Jedi, clone armies, and Mandalorians to Cartoon Network, thus keeping hope alive in the galaxy. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. In this episode, the Republic plans to a daring final strike against Admiral Trench, once again bringing together Rex, Echo, Anakin, and the elite Bad Batch squad. There will be throwing wet blankets at bombs, Legolas versus Gimli showdowns, and Anakin touches the dark side. We're talking about Ooh. unfinished business this week. I am Houghton Mullinax. I am joined by my lovely co-podcaster, Chris. How are you doing, Mr. Chris Honeywell? Yeah, I hope you got a little extra layer of enthusiasm this week, and I know why. Uh, uh, I wonder why, too, because we normally don't say our names in the beginning, just in case we have new listeners to the show. Hmm. Why would that be? be? Could it be that we have guests? <gasps> Two guests? Our favorite oh! thing. We want to say hi to Bucho and Robbie from Sending the Clones. How you doing, guys? Doing well. I am good as gold. Thanks, Hope. Ah, so. I'm Bucho, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm, the one with, I'm the one who doesn't have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, tell us a little bit about Sending the Clones and what it was. And also, I know the show is complete now. So what are you guys kind of doing right now as well? Well, this goes back to 2005. Robbie and a couple of his pals started a podcast in February 2005. I discovered it in about October or September and became a member of their forums and their, their gang and used to call into their show and we just became pals pretty much from that. And then in 20, or well, last year, I thought, you know, I've been listening to podcasts for a million years. Why don't I try and do one? Why don't I ask my podcasting hero slash pal Robbie to do it with me? And he had been telling me I have to watch The Clone Wars uh, for years. And so I finally did. I thought, well, if they're going to do a new season and we're going to get this Disney Plus thing, I should finally watch it. And if I'm going to watch it, I should ask my buddy Robbie to do a podcast with me about it. So Sending the Clones was born. It was a mission to watch every episode before the season seven kickoff. And so we did. Uh, we made the ridiculous, well, I made the ridiculous decision to try and do an episode a day and Robbie somehow didn't talk me out of it. And so that's what Sending the Clones is. I think that covers it. <laughs> and now, you guys are not going to be doing like Rebels or Resistance or anything, right? No, we uh, decided that we would let Sending the Clones be its be its own thing. I'm, I mean, I don't, we did, we've done a hundred and whatever episodes. I still don't really consider myself a podcaster, whereas Robbie is, uh, he's more natural to it. So, Robbie, you can uh, you should tell everyone about Order Forty Two show. Well, Order Forty Two is basically, um, well, it's just about everything. Um, hence Forty Two, right? Uh, so yeah, it's just a a Twitch show that that I started, I guess, back in mid April, and uh, it was really just a way for me to just chat about movies and stuff. But 
I mean, we cover everything. We cover TV shows, we cover books, we cover video games, whatever kind of comes up and whoever my guest happens to be that that day. So, so yeah, it's just kind of a fun thing that I've just decided to do on the side. That's so awesome. Though I really wish you guys would do like send in the Bindu or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys should do Rebels. Actually, yeah, we just couldn't think of a good dumb pun. That was why we really stopped. <laughs> uh, the Bindus and Don'ts of Rebels. Ooh. Oh, oh that's the amazing. evil Bendu, the Ben Don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're watching, have you guys seen Rebels or not? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I watched it uh, pretty much. I started watching it at the end of our run, and then I stopped again when Season 7 of Clone Wars started, and then I picked it up again after and listened to J-Guys and Jedi. Basically, uh, your episode's, up until I caught up, and my plan was I will start listening to Rebels once a week after that and just follow along with Jay Guys and Jedi. But turns out I didn't have the discipline, so <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> hold back, so I watched the whole thing. But luckily, because of you guys, I had discovered Geeky Bubble, and they had completed it, so I listened along with Geeky Bubble, and they are awesome. So uh, it was fun. Good times. We, we love John Ma on the show. John Ma are the best. They are awesome. They really, really are, and they're super duper sweet. Um, wow. So, Clone Wars. Well, just so we know where you guys are, what were your general thoughts about season seven before we go deep diving into this episode? Just people Bucho. listen to us week to week, so. <laughs> Bucho, do you want to go I loved first? It. Yeah. I loved it. Pretty, I loved all three of the arcs. Um, and, uh, I mean, we'll get to it later, but uh, rewatching this Bad Batch arc has been a ton of fun. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed a lot of it, too. And in fact, you know, just if you listen to the Internet, uh, a lot of people didn't like the Bad Batch arc, which was kind of shocking to me because I really, really enjoyed it. Of course, I enjoyed it back when it was the story reels. Um, so getting it, getting the opportunity to watch it with all of the, the kind of the finished storylines and everything that they they put into and and even gosh even some of the i guess you could say camera work um it's so good and i just really really enjoyed um the bad batch and of course you know the final arc is is of course the final arc but but that uh that middle arc i i felt had some uh some some pacing issues but overall it was still really important to ahsoka's growth so yeah i mean i i mean i enjoyed it all too I actually want to ask you a question about that because neither Chris nor I have seen the unfinished story reels that they released. Um, so did you like that the they've made some changes to this arc and did you like the changes? Yes, I feel like the the changes actually made the story better because they they there was a lot of things that they it just again, it felt unfinished. It felt like it was like a first draft. Um, so, I mean, this felt definitely definitely better in almost every single aspect that that was a change you know what i mean mm -hmm. but the biggest like i said the my biggest issue was just that well and i guess we'll get to it but uh my biggest issue is that there's there's some of the changes they put in there and i don't feel like they went far enough so it's just one of those things yeah 
because I know I know that the addition of the Padme scene last two weeks, so two episodes ago, um, that was the one that like people were just like, Ugh! but like you know a lot of fans who hadn't seen the original reels were like, this scene's amazing. Obi Wan yeah. knows, but a lot of people who had oh I just hit my mark. Um, a lot of people who had seen those, they were very angry that they changed the pinup Padme scene and they didn't get fan like sexy pinup Padme and stuff. <laughs> Well, and I think that that's, to me, the reason that that scene works so well is because it's, it just adds that extra layer. You know, it's not, like, even if you don't watch the Clone Wars, it's, or I mean, if you hadn't, that's, that's not the right way to say that. But even if you, uh, even if you hadn't watched the story reels, it's one of those things that it adds so much, like an extra layer to the movies, which is kind of the best part about the Clone Wars, you know, as a whole, it adds so much depth to the movies that, that, you know, there just wasn't time to do. So I really appreciated that scene a lot. Yeah. That, that one scene with Padme, like not only connected it to episode three and was a, just a really nice scene between Anakin and Padme. It had, you know, it had a whole thing going on with it with Anakin and Rex had a mm-hmm. whole thing going on with it with Rex and Obi-Wan and a whole thing going on with it with Anakin and Obi-Wan all in one scene. Everybody had their their different, you know, their their different points of view knocking into each other. And basically everybody just knew that <laughs> he was hooked up with Padme, which is exactly what would happen. It was. Yeah, it like. Almost it almost seemed like after adding that scene that the rest of the thing was built. If, if I would have seen that and not known that it was added, I would have thought, Oh, they built it around that scene. Yeah. The, right. whole first episode. So yeah, it was very it efficient. Was storytelling. Writing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah very, I watched very um, efficient. I mean, that seems like what, maybe two minutes in total from when, you know, Anakin and Rex walk up to where, he and he and Obi Wan part ways, you know, maybe maybe two minutes. And it's one of the most powerful scenes of the arc, if yeah. not season seven. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys ready to get into unfinished business? Ready to rock. Yes, I am. <clears throat> sure. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Unfinished Business is the 125th episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. It aired on March 13th, 2020, and it was written by Brent Freeman, Matt Michnovitz, and directed by Brian Callan O'Connell. Some extra information for you. Echo did get a new design this episode. His armor now has a skull-shaped Bad Batch icon on the chest, foreshadowing his allegiance to the new team. Gold Squadron makes a bomber run in this episode with early versions of the Y-Wing. The Y-Wing ships remain the oldest line of ships that last well until the Rebel Alliance and the Resistance. And finally, in the Clone Wars download for this episode, Dave Filoni talks about how they structured this season to tie up stories in a certain way. They wanted to end the lore from the clone's perspective, Ahsoka's perspective, and then bring those two together at the end. And Filoni flat out said that the Clone Wars is about Ahsoka and Rex. I would also throw in Anakin, (laughs) but that's just me. You know who also wants to throw into the mix with us? Hey, Chris. Oh, many Yoda? people here today. Yes. There's so many. Hi, Yoda. Hi, Yoda. Ah, mm, 
Yes, new people. Your I'm so honored. Very nice. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yoda, this is Gucci and Robbie. They're friends of ours. I'm sorry, they're not ladies, but I guess still sit in their laps if you want to. Mm, smell good. Mm, no pants. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's an honor to meet you, Yoda. Master yes, Yoda, yes. Much wisdom Yoda has. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to give us some of your wisdom right now? Mmm. Mmm. Two Yoda has. Always there's two. <laughs> <clears throat> Learn from the past, but live for the future. In bed! <laughs> That's just good advice. <laughs> well, what's your other piece bad. of? What's your other piece of wisdom, Yoda? Mm, this one from Disney. Yes. <laughs> trust placed in another is trust earned. In bed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for putting up with our shenanigans, guys. <laughs> I've written both of those down. There he goes. <laughs> you guys are so lovely for putting up with our shenanigans. Thank you. You're kidding? I love it. Oh yeah, it's you good. Get in your lap. You didn't get in your lap. You're lucky. I'm sorry we didn't give you your honorary spray bottles beforehand. So if he gets clothes, <laughs> like you just spray them. <gasps> Chris, we should make. Just, they, I don't like giving the guests the spray spray bottles because Yoda just comes in and sees the spray bottles and just starts hissing at him. He <laughs> just sort of like his ears go down. He just goes. <laughs> Chris, if we ever make merchandise, if we ever make merchandise for the show, we need to make anti-Yoda spray bottles. Ooh, oh. <laughs> and all it would be is just like really cheap dollar store spray bottles with like a label on the side that says anti-dirty Yoda. <laughs> like a drop of the cheapest perfume in it just to give it some sort of smell. <laughs> Distilled yes! from the swamps of Dagobah. I don't know. What would it be that would repel Yoda that you could put in a bottle? I don't know. I don't know if there's much That's that does repel piece. Yoda. What'd you say? He is. I mean, oh. eventually, you know, we're going to have to put it in an aerosol can for us. You know, we need the heavy duty stuff, so we just fog him down when he comes in. Whatever <laughs> Palpatine smelled like, probably so. Ooh. Dirty old man or something. I just, I just imagine Old Spice, like Star Wars Old Spice, and that's what Palpatine's not like. For some reason, I had the picture of, you know, that it's it's kind of become a meme, but that picture of, you know, when Yoda is falling in Empire Strikes Back, you know, it's just kind of a freeze frame. Just have that with a, you know, almost like the Ghostbusters, the cross out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <and that kinda. laughs> I just, uh, it would be Old Spice Minds of Kessel, Hope. <gasps> You're a genius! (laughs) No, I just have Star Wars words locked in my brain forever, bouncing around and deodorant names, and sometimes they hit together. Between that and the bindu and don'ts of podcasting. If you want to call that genius, uh, you can set your bar for genius wherever you want, man. (laughs) (laughs) We've established on our show, Chris, that our bar is underground. It'd be yes. like how it'd be like how Coca-Cola used to have actual cocaine in it. Old Spice Mines from Kessel deodorant or, or uh, what do you call it? What do you call it again? Deodorant. Um, cologne. 
Cologne. Would have uh, actual spice in it. <gasps> I just like like went to like twelve storylines in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and we could tie it all into Dune. Uh, yeah. I still need to watch the trailer. I don't actually know what a Dune is, but I just know Oscar Isaac is very cute in it, and Zendaya is beautiful. So, anyway, Act One. Act One. <laughs> act One. Feel Do your thing. Laugh. Feel free to laugh at me. <clears throat> That's why I always put me myself on mute. Like they don't have to mute themselves. They're free to laugh at me. Here I laugh go. and I laugh and point. <laughs> Wait. You laugh when I read these, and you don't leave it on the show for people to laugh along? Chris. 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 And point. Oh. And, <laughs> and I point. Well, I'm not as funny as I feel that I am. Which I'm my, 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if my laughs are the kind of laughs that, like, that, that make, you know, that laugh in the world laughs at you. It's more like laugh, and people want to throw things at you, so... Anyway, Act 1. <clears throat> we open back on the base of an axis. Echo has a quick moment in really cute medical jammies, but it's time to move on with the action. So what Blanket Windu, Toast Daddy Anakin Skywalker, and Obi-Wan are with Cody and Uncle Rex, trying to figure out what the heck to do about their losing battle on an axis. And suddenly, bam, Echo kicks in the door going, don't worry, any everyone. I'm here now. Look how confident I am. I am so confident. So I don't have to think about the horrific months I went through where trauma is just lingering on the edges of my brain and slowly crushing my humanity. And Rex is like, baby, no! I don't want you to get hurt out there again. But Wet Blanket Windu is like, y'all wasting my time right now? Are we going to let the nice Vader clone help us out or not? And Echo throws down a plan while Windu and Obi-Wan distract the enemy at the weapons factory thing or whatever it was. The Bad Batch will sneak Echo onto a ship. Once he's there, Echo can feed fake battle plans to actual Spider-Man, Admiral Trench. And everyone is on board with this plan, and baby boy Echo is like, I am a real clone again! And he's a precious boy. We love him. Back outside, the Bad Batch is getting ready for their mission, and Rex comes in to check on them. But Tech is like, I don't know, Rex. What if this is a trap and Echo is setting us up? And Rex slowly pulls out his blasters with a wild look in his eyes going, What did you say about my son? And, and Tech explains that Echo's mind belonged to the Separatists for a few months. He could be totally be a traitor. But Rex is like, look. This is a plot that was put together so we can have some personal drama in this episode. Just work on liking Echo since he's going to be in your new sequel TV show very soon. And with that, the Bad Batch, Rex, and Echo, and Anakin all pile onto a ship and they head out for their mission. Echo is up and gets ready to send a message to the droids to tell them that their ship is actually a droid ship. But no personality hunter is like, I'm sure you don't want to give us away to those droids. Because I suppose I'm supposed to pretend that in this episode, I suddenly don't trust you, even though you haven't given us e no. Let me reread this entire section again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> My page left. Come back, page. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> <don't> <laughs> 
again. <laughs> but no personality hunter is like, I sure hope you don't give us away to those droids. Because I'm suddenly supposed to pretend in this episode that I don't trust you, even though you have yet to given us a reason not to trust you. And that goes sighs heavily at the convoluted plot and gets to work. And the cute battle droids are like, This ship looks like ours! Come be friends with us! And the droids give the Bad Batch the approval to land. Meanwhile, Windu and Obi-Wan start their attack at the Separatist factory thing. I still don't know what it is. And they got bombers, and they got ships, and it's all pew 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 pew! And the Bad Batch and Anakin get inside the communication vault, and Echo connects to the Separatist system. And it's just in time, too, because Admiral Trench is like... SPIDER NOISES! I just want to use the algorithm! I can contact, uh, contact it, uh, contact it, what did I write? Contact it on Skanko Miner! That was for you, Chris. And Echo's little computer brain starts hopping on, and it's time to trick a spider. And that's like seven minutes into the episode, so I'm gonna end Act 1 right there. What did everyone think of Act 1? That was awesome, Hope. I didn't, uh, one thing I didn't mention uh, earlier on was that when we were doing our insane run of one episode a day, so watching an episode, writing notes on the episode, which means it takes longer, right, and doing a podcast on it and then putting it together, I had almost, I had no spare time, so I couldn't listen to every J Guys and Jedi episode, but I would often drop uh, the J Guys and Jedi episode into Audacity and clip out your reads because I did have time to listen to maybe 15 minutes worth and just listen to the reads. And uh, so this is a huge honor and a pleasure to be able to listen to you do this live. This is awesome. <laughs> oh my God, that's so sweet. Can you be on our show every week and make me feel better about life? <laughs> I did it so often that I could do it almost visually. I would drop it in there, and on the waveform, I could see that's where Hope's doing her reads, and I could clip yeah. it out. It would take me about 90 seconds or, or less, and I could clip out the um, intro and the three-act reads, and then, uh, yeah. I've edited, <laughs> so much, I've, I've, I've edited so much of Hope's voice that I can tell when she goes. I can see when she goes, no, 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 during that, like, when she, like, <laughs> yep. has to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there's a no, no, no. I'll put a little dot there. <laughs> These are now our new co-podcasters because they're the sweetest and they're going to be here every week now. <laughs> I, have, I have one question before we begin, Hope. Oh Hope, my God, Hope. I'm blushing. What? Toast Daddy? Toast is that Daddy. an allusion to the end of episode three for Anakin? Is that? Well, see, he is Toast Daddy. And then he goes into the toaster and the toaster sets on fire and then he gets trapped in the toaster and he's Black Metal Daddy. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, they, okay, they, they put the toaster down and they set it all the way and then it gets jammed. I, I, I see. Okay, that's what I thought it meant, but I was but just like... But you forgot toast- the part where the, the, the toaster catches on fire. <laughs> right, it melts all over the counter and then starts an electrical fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I bet yeah, it smelled he, great. He is Toast Daddy. <laughs> Oh, he has, like, pure toast skin. Like, white toast skin, white bread skin. <laughs> so, what did everyone think of Act 1? Our guest, please begin. I liked it. Yeah, you, I mean, Robbie? yeah, I mean, that, for me, that that's, I guess, my biggest gripe about the episode is that I feel like for the... Feel like what? <laughs> for, for the dramatic like dramatic purposes they should have played up the idea that they weren't exactly sure about echo and whether that you know maybe they're maybe he's leading them into a trap and it's one of the things that they do at the end of the last episode which i'm i'm sure you guys talked about 
was that they kind of zoom in on Echo at the end with this kind of not so sure music that kind of leads you to the idea that maybe there's more to Echo that we're not aware of. Yeah, and, and I, Hope and I were arguing over what his facial expression meant, so it was pretty mysterious too, you know? Yeah, yeah and I, I feel like they, they should have played that up more just for dramatic purposes, not not necessarily for the characters, but it's like, I, I know, Bucho, in our episode, I think we had kind of argued back and forth, as much as we ever argued, but, you know. Um, but it we kind of throw down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as much of a throwdown as we've ever had. But we just kind of discussed on whether or not it would have been better if they hadn't, you know, just said all of the the, the stuff about, you know, oh, you know, sh- can we trust this guy or whatever. They should have just had these little looks back and forth to kind of make the, the viewer feel like, okay, they're not sure about him, but they don't want to say anything because they're not sure. And it's hopefully that, you know, from the viewer's point of view, it would give us some sort of like, okay, wait a minute, is Echo, is, is everything okay with Echo? What's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, like, we, we talked about that a little bit last week. Um, So this is kind of like my two-part note. Last week was the shortest episode of the season. It's only 17 minutes. Yeah. Um, And so, and they clipped out, like, a three-minute scene from something with, like, Watt Tambor and stuff. They could have really used that three minutes to kind of build in this storyline a little bit and, and kind of set that up a little bit more. That would have been a better use because... This is a good idea for a story. It's just yeah. not executed well. Right. I I thought, like, I, I, I remember watching it the first time and then noticing it the second. The, the first time I was like, ooh, we're going to, like, you know, especially since it's around episode three and things. Uh, and Clone Wars was never afraid of going dark either. And this is just sort of things going dark. So I, I thought they would really play up, you know, the, the audience um expectation that he might be he might be working for trench it might it might be a setup it could be you know a a a bunch of things you know especially since we know about like the chip and in order 60 66 and all that so and then and then as i was watching it it seemed like oh yeah they definitely put in like uh all the all the elements of that but they just they they decided not to make it uh, a bit just to make it a little flavoring in it and they and it was very under underplayed and really had no like there was you know you were felt like you were watching the characters doubt echo but it wasn't bringing the um a, a audience into doubt and i think they meant it it seemed like they wrote it to because it would have been so easy to keep the audience in doubt too so it exactly. was strange. I, I was I just was like, well, they must not they must not wanted it to distract from the main storyline, which would be, I guess, Echo joining the, the bad batch. But I don't think it would have. <laughs> I think it would have helped. I think it would have added. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Some what's dra- tough is we are rooting. We are rooting so hard for Ricks and Echo that it's really hard for us not to. It's really hard for us to doubt Echo. I think we all mm-hmm. we all expect that Echo. We don't believe that there is going to be anything wrong with Echo. And if there is something where he does have a like a half, you know, mal brain malfunction, he's going to come out of it at the end. So it's really it would be a really tough um, storytelling, cinematic storytelling feat to really start making us in the audience who love Rex and who love Echo 
to actually make like, us doubt whether he is going to turn yeah. on everyone, you know? Yeah. Like in season three, it should be enough for the audience for Rex to go like, nope, I have total faith in Echo, and it would be a story about Rex's faith in Echo. But in season seven, you know, everything's falling apart. So, you know, in, in this, it, it seemed to me like narratively when Rex was like, you know, I trust him, I have faith in him, all you can pound, pound rocks. And, uh, and I was like, okay, that's, you know, that they, they're, they're writing it where that's, that's enough. We should, we should believe Rex. And, uh, but in season seven, I don't know if you should be able to believe any or trust in anybody's judgment on as to what would happen, you know? Right. Yeah, because a traitor clone is not unprecedented. We had right. Slick back in season seven, and Fives has even like defected just because he found out there was a conspiracy. So like, yeah. these and this guy's not... been wired into a computer system. Yeah, so like it's not an unprecedented story because they've already covered it in Clone Wars. I just think I, I think timing was probably an issue because when it came to this arc and Ahsoka's walkabout, which is the next arc, these were already in production. And I there was probably a time issue where they wanted to make the necessary changes they could make it so this could tie into the final season. Because Bad Batch and Ahsoka's walkabout were never supposed to be in the final season. They were supposed to be like a mid-season, I think like mid-season six, if I remember right. correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I think it all just comes down to timing. Like, I think they just did the best they could because they wanted to put all their time and all their focus on Siege of Mandalore, which is, which is understandable. It just ended up being a very flat story for me. Mm. So to be clear, the, the gripe is not that it's, it's unrealistic that the Bad Batch would mistrust Echo, which that they didn't really pull off, cinematically pull off, trying to make us in the audience doubt Echo. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, because we, we see that they have problems mm. with regs anyway. Like, God, yeah. Wrecker and Crosser and Jesse were all ready to throw down in the first episode at the drop of a yeah. hat. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I think if they would have, instead of... Uh, I'm about to say something and then be a hypocrite. Here we go. Um, Yay! Yeah, go is, for it. This is Rex's arc. This should be his focus arc. But... I feel like this specific episode should have been more focused on the relationship of Echo and the Bad Batch, not the relationship of Echo and Rex, because I think that would have sold it more. Um, but that being said, and, and I have this way farther down in Act 3, I think so much of this is just supposed to be set up for a sequel series. Now that we know that there's a sequel series coming with the Bad Batch, that really changes this ending a lot and kind of changes this writing. Because this this feels like it's the groundwork for a spinoff series, so then they can go on and oh, explore sure. these relationships. For so, sure, it's it's got lots of hallmarks of it, including at the end, like Anakin giving him his seal of approval. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah. It, it's so it obvious that we even mentioned it when we covered the episode. That man, this would be a great. We would love a spinoff, and so when when the spinoff was announced, uh, it really. Was right up our alley. Yeah. Yep. We called I, it. I was I was not sold on the Bad Batch and the first their first episode, and I was and I'm totally sold on them. I was totally sold on them by this, you know, by midway through last episode and like this episode. I'm actually like when Anakin handed Wrecker the button, I'm just like yeah, not to jump ahead or anything, but I was just like <laughs> yes, you know, we're in episode one. I it's like okay these guys are just a collection of like sort of gi joe characters 
but yeah, no, I'm I'm down for a Bad Batch series. I see a bunch of other notes here. Uh, Pucho, you're in the orange, right? That's right. Yeah. Feel free to throw out any of your other notes. What are some of your other notes? Oh, you know, anytime there's a, a planning scene, a mission planning scene, I'm down with that. In any sort of movie, you know, it doesn't need to be a Star Wars movie. Obviously, it was one of the fun parts of any heist film is when they sit down and plan it. So, and then, of course, ever since episode seven and not episode seven, episode four and 1977, the planning scenes around holograms have been have been a staple of Star Wars storytelling, you know. So my boat was very much floated by that opening scene. Not even Wet Blanket Windu can put a dampener on a good old Star Wars mission planning hologram <laughs> scene. I also love that location because that location's in Rebels as well. And I'm just like, oh, that's where my grande stood as he was fighting Kanan and Ezra like, right <laughs> over there. That's where that's where the fear knock, like the giant fear knock was like chasing grande up on that platform. It was that right. platform. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> I, I liked seeing those Rebels nods being tied in between the two shows. Hope's yeah. like I can still smell my grande here. <laughs> I can still smell, <laughs> still my smell his 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 old spice mines of Kessel oh, cologne. You don't even know. Wafting in the atmosphere. I just I just commissioned a piece that has Grande in it, so I'm just very excited <laughs> for my friend Gabby. <laughs> oh, Gabby, who was in the recent well, when, it's recent for me because uh, yeah, it's just yeah, been it released, last, but it was yeah, the Rebels wrap up episode, right? Mm-hmm. That was my friend yeah. Gabby. Uh, she is doing uh, a piece for me because she's the best. So I love she is her. Talented. Ah, te quiero, te quiero, Gabby. Todo es muy bonito. Yeah, I also uh, have a note here that the the Bad Batch uh, shuttle, which I think I can't remember if I called it the Bad Batch Mobile when we did our episode, but something yeah. like, and now it's like the it's almost like a an, it's an antecedent of the Imperial shuttles from the OT era, but it has these forward swept sort of tail fin and wings, and when they when they sweep up prior to the landing, it makes the shuttle look kind of bat-like especially hanging uh, you know there's no upside down in space but we see it upside down when it hangs upside down trenches uh, dreadnought ship so i love how bat-like that shuttle is and, and it's maybe second after kylo ren shuttle which i really love for me and, and my favorite shuttles of star wars it it reminds in points when it starts sweeping its wings around it almost reminded me a little bit of uh klingon ships in in star yeah, right. trek and yeah, that 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 shuttle is really cool. I have notes on that in the future too. And my uh, Robbie, what do you what notes do you have? The only other note I really have is the one that creepy old Admiral Trenches. He was the villain of season two, episode sixteen, Cat and Mouse. And when you do the chronological order for the first time, like I did, uh, he's my very first Clone Wars villain. So I always have a spot in my heart for creepy old actual Spider-Man Admiral Trench. <laughs> he's one of my favorite. Did this kind of feel like for full circle then, since he was your first Clone Wars villain and here he is and like you see, get to see his ending here? Yeah, I was stoked when he turned back, turned, turned up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only thing that, um, and it was something that I thought earlier when we were having the discussion about the, so you might, might want to move this around, I don't know. But uh, the idea that instilling this idea of almost complete trust on Rex's part for looking at uh for looking at echo as you know just incapable of betraying them i think that could have been one of those things where character wise it could have been one of those things where 
we sort of like, uh oh, is is Rex yeah. compromised because he's too trusting? And it's just one of those things that I think that um, introducing that kind of stuff could have been could have been an interesting thing. But but as as we we had said, it's it's sort of a half cooked idea, and it just didn't it didn't pan out the way like I would have enjoyed seeing that because you know if if Rex is really you know one of the the main points of <laughs> of the Clone Wars uh and you know kind of the the main character along with ahsoka then it would have been interesting to introduce sort of that you know maybe rex is just too trusting and it would have been kind of an interesting thing but then again by the end of it we would have seen oh no he's 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 loyal but he's loyal for a reason because he's he's right about it you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. it could have been one of those interesting little character things that could have really worked out I think if they had written this as like from the beginning, like a, a, imagine if there was never any like story reels to begin with, if they had just written this sh- story from the beginning with the intention of this being in the final season, I think they could have probably fixed a lot of these problems. Yeah. Um, so much of it just lies in the fact that this was already made stories that they had to tailor to a final season. Um, because I, there's one unfinished story um, that there's a couple concept pictures of, of Rex, I think crash landing with R2 and they have an adventure together. Um, and it was supposed to be like almost like a top gun kind of nod. Um, and, but that could have been something also really cool, which it would just be like a solo Rex adventure. A filler show. No. (laughs) 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 Wait, what do you mean by filler show? Just a little episodic, you know, self-contained episode. Apparently it's supposed to be an arc. Um, oh, oh. Like a, like a full arc of, like, Rex and R2. Um, but I, I, I like that idea of having a very personal story here at the end, where it's just Rex and analyzing, like, who he is and where he is, because um, after Umbara, he was at such a low point, and at that point felt the most hopeless. And then this whole arc was about him finding Echo, which gave him hope once again. And I'll talk more about this in uh, Act 3. But that's that's important because for him to find his hope again, especially when he's about to lose everything. Yeah, not just post Umbara, but post what he went through with Fives or what what yeah. we went through with Fives because that's still, I mean, I love Fives. You you warned me to keep an eye out for Fives when we talked back before I saw the uh, the, the later season. And um, that arc, yeah, that arc really hit me with I mean, the tragic ending for Fives. And so what Rex is also going through is he, there was a trust sort of issue there was five because Fives' behavior was was so, um, you know, off the chain in a lot of ways. For, you look at it from Rex's point of view, he had to decide whether he could trust Fives or not. And there were a lot of ways in which you would think maybe Fives had broken bad, let's say. And so having to put his trust in Echo, who's, you know, was tied tied right into the into fives and, the story that's a that's a real challenge and let's not forget like rex didn't forget that when we get to siege of mandalore he flat like ahsoka watches him yeah. in a transition flat out say hey fives was right <laughs> yeah. fives found this thing and no i just got goosebumps hope yeah like she's talking about that <laughs> like like so fives much. is i i would argue probably one of the 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 only other like mo- is probably the only other 
important clone with Rex. They are the two most important clones of the story. Rex from a heart and emotional point of view, Fives from a plot point of view. Like, they are both the two big important characters, and I would even go a step further by saying Fives is the hero of Clone Wars because he is the one that gets Rex and Ahsoka out of there because he gave up his life for them to have a chance to keep living. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, Chris and I have been trying to do- figure out how we're going to do Siege of Mandalore, and we—I'm not going to say why because it's going to be a surprise. But we're—I um, just know I'm just going to cry. We're, get, we're and, adding a new twist into J Guys uh, and Jedi for those four episodes. And I—I went out said uh, i was like chris you know i'm gonna cry during this and he goes good i'll make for better podcasting <laughs> each one of those tears is solid gold ah uh, chris did I you have wait. any other notes yes i have i have some shallow notes that i'll whip through and then i'm gonna throw out some meat for you hope okay um colors purple and green purple mm-hmm. like the purple is very dawn like all the like flying around in the spaceships it just was a very dawn sort of looking thing i like yeah. trench's ship is sort of like grievy's in episode three and they do the same sort of just whip up onto the bridge shot from out of space that they do when they're crashing on coruscant and at the beginning of episode three i thought that was a nice little just little visual tie-in and i love wet windows speech to the droids because you could tell that's that he, act two shut up Oh, is it? Is it? Yep. Okay, that's one minute. Okay, I, I, I went one minute too far in my part one. Okay, so here's, so you know, Hope, we've been talking about like how Clone Wars has actually addressed things that the movie didn't have time to do, which is like realities of war, like PTSD and, and losing your friends and stuff like that and pe- people dying. But this is something that I, I just thought of this when they had the first shot of echo coming out with his with you know just a stump for a hand i was like oh my god it's the first you know disabled clone from a war and like then i started thinking it it would probably be too depressing to have that to have it as a regular thing in the show but shouldn't there be whole like a bunch of clones with like mechanical legs and arms and stuff like that wouldn't you think and (laughs) like yeah yeah and i mean mean, and and that would have been a whole other like in like i mean it it covers the whole there i mean that's what i mean we have tons of disabled veterans of of wars and stuff like that but in like with clones they could just take them slap an arm on them slap a communication thing onto their hand and send them back out to war you know and they would probably be a little faster and and deadlier (laughs) That is actually, like, um, a very common conversation um, among disabled fans in the franchise because I often forget that Anakin doesn't is missing a hand until he, you know, gets caught in a magnet or something and gets stuck to the ceiling. Um, And so, yeah, there are a lot of people in in this franchise that have, like, disabilities. It's just we don't always see it because it's a galaxy far, far away and they like to mask it and make it look party. Which yeah. is why it's a criticism from a lot of disabled fans. I think it, I think it would have fit in in Clone Wars, and it would have been like one of those rare opportunities where you get. I mean, you know, occasionally you see disabled people like just in a dramatic, like um, most 
the one that stands out the most to me, like in the last few years, was Breaking Bad, where the son had um, uh, um, MS, I assume. I've actually been having this conversation recently right. with Megan. Right, and and and, and he was <laughs> yeah. just he was just the son in the in the it, you know I mean his MS figured into it as much as it would as having a son with MS, but it it was just part of his character. But this is where you have the opportunity. You could have disabled people at like kicking, kicking ass, you know, yeah. and uh, and also but you could also like hit the darker aspects of like, you know, I mean, that would really underline all the exploitive aspects of having a clone army. You know, like, I've. So here's a look into Hope's private fan life. You ready? So me and my best friend Megan, um, we're role players, and we have an ongoing Star Wars story that we've been role playing for about two years now. And in this story, um, Maul and Kira from Solo are a couple. And but one thing that we've they've actually been having to have a very serious conversation of is what is sex when you don't have a lower half for Maul? Right. And which sounds humorous, but like they like we've been actually having like really like talking like deep conversations and like looking into like um, different things and reading about it just for our role play. And it's actually a discussion that I don't foresee ever getting in Star Wars, to be perfectly honest with you, because (laughs) it's the mouse and they like to keep everything bright and happy. But I think that if they ever wanted to, I would almost want to see that kind of storytelling in, say, the Bad Batch television show. What I really want is I want it to be a super personal story about these guys. And there could even be a, like an episode where Echo has to address the fact of like, I don't have legs and I only have one hand. And they think they, they could do something very powerful in a TV setting with that. I think it'd be cool. It, it, just in this whole, this whole talk, I've been kind of thinking about how you would do it. And you could actually, you know, the, the, the Bad Batch, the team runs across the this i guess this other i guess you could say platoon of cyborg clones and somebody like i would think somebody like uh oh gosh i just went blank on his name the um the sniper guy what's his name crosshair crosshair so crosshair you know turns to you know tech or or whatever and says and says gosh and they called us freaks and then echo goes what are you doing (laughs) i mean look at me you know, and then you could have this whole this this team up between the two of them. And by the end of it, of course, you know, you could have that turnaround and they go, you know what? You guys are awesome. You know what I mean? It, it could be a really cool episode if they did it that way. Or having maybe a chance of like um, like once they're out in the universe and stuff, Echo has a chance to get like a human hand like like Anakin and having to like actually like really think about that choice very hard and thinking about how how he got these injuries and whether or not he wants to go that very more like cosmetic route. And I, I would say, I would hope he wouldn't. Um, I think they could tell a much better story because, because again, I always forget that Anakin's missing a hand until he gets stuck to a magnet. Like, right. <laughs> and that is a problem. Um, I, I think they could do a really sh- good story with that. And you know what? I wouldn't put, put it past Filoni to, to kind of be thinking about those sorts of issues that he could bring in, because I mean, I mean, look at how look at how the Clone Wars in itself has has inspired so many so many different aspects of of fandom. Uh, the I just I think he's I think if anybody has that opportunity within Disney to do that sort of thing, it's Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah and that, there's a there's a whole thing with like the the prequels, especially episode two and three, and and the Clone Wars, where it's like you could you could have if if you would have had a, like a bunch of like a good percentage of the clones becoming disabled and partly cybernetic. There's this whole theme of like you know people on the dark side or on the good side going dark and you have like robots and humans but then you have crossovers with like on the dark side you got greevy who's like a robot with with some some with organic melded together and then you would have clones slowly turning closer to becoming more like robots as time went on the you know which the is already a fighting. discussion of of whether or not clones and droids are very similar like that's everybody, already uh, yeah everybody's sort of moving together you know in in the end of the prequel trilogy it's i like the, i like that i like that you called him greevy that's that's as pretty he's awesome. my he's my buddy greevy he, he, he is my favorite thing about about clone wars or my my like golden boy when he shows up in the show it's just like uh what his first appearance in the movie i was just like oh yes the only thing he doesn't have is a mustache to twirl right and it was it was <laughs> i was just like this guy is that this guy right here this guy i'm watching you <laughs> you are fun <laughs> i love him too. all the my other guys are cool but this guy's re- fun yeah, my most rewatched part of the entire prequel trilogy by a long way is Obi-Wan versus Grievous. Oh. That's something that if I'm got if I'm if I'm having a, a day, sometimes I'll just go to YouTube and I'll put that on and everything's suddenly better. Yeah, that was back in the day when they fought they still had a bit of there was a bit of both of them were enjoying that whole thing. You know, Obi-Wan just right from hello there <laughs> yeah. to the to the bitter end, it was all yeah. Uh, I love it when he leg kicks him, and then he's like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's my favorite. I love all the different takes on "Hello there." By far, my favorite was Ewan McGregor being in the Christopher Robin movie, and he turns around and he looks up Winnie the Pooh, and he's like, "Oh, hello there!" And Pooh looks up at him and goes, "General Kenobi," and then has four <laughs> arms. <laughs> That's my favorite. Well, did anybody else have any notes for Act One before we move on? I'm good. Yeah, we should move on because I'm still thinking about how Darth Maul has sex with no no legs. Do we even know how Zabrak's? I mean, the most powerful. Where are the appendages of a Zabrak anyway? Are they were they even below the belt? Who knows? The most powerful sexual organ has been determined to be the brain. So as long as you got the brain, plus he's got you got some force going there. You yeah, you're you're ahead of the game already. You know. I will say that I am doing the Kira side of this role play and Kira has been definitely reading up on touch therapy a lot. Because <laughs> touch therapy is very important. Anyway, act two. Act two. <laughs> act two. Also a mutual friend of theirs was like, I know a really good dildo store. And then she was like, I'm gonna look into that. <laughs> anyway, act two. <laughs> Welcome to Jagas and Jedi boys. <laughs> Obi-Wan Windu Classy. and their men. <laughs> <laughs> Blah, 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 dildo store. Anyway, act two. <laughs> There's a whole thing, too. If we got Obi-Wan, Windu, and their men walk into a dildo store, the clerk says. No, we, we, we got into this also, like me and Megan got into this really deep debate that Thrawn would actually really love 
uh, a sex store because he'd be like, I can analyze so many cultures by the different <laughs> species dildos that they sell. Oh, that's that's the rock. Yeah, that would be like, yeah, that's that. When you get into that, you get you have the key to any culture. That's why Thrawn has studied, has had sex Absolutely. with every single creature he's ever met. Hell yeah, he's, he has. He's right now. He's in hyperspace, like asking the space whales what their sign is. <laughs> For research purposes, right? Right. (laughs) You guys know how to hug. What's your sign, anyway? (laughs) (laughs) All right. For real now, act two? Act two. Act two. All right. Obi-Wan, Windu, and their men moved in and landed at the factory thing. Keep it together, Hope. (laughs) Still thinking about, like, Zoldos. There are just so many droids waiting inside for them. And Windu holds up his hands like, Hey guys, so I've destroyed like a ton of you in the last two to three years. I just wanted to give you a chance to surrender peacefully before I decimate you. And the battle droids are like, He's gonna decimate us! We need to protect ourselves! Fire! And a fight breaks out. Spider-Man Trench gets Echo's fake orders about how to fight the Jedi, and Trench is like, I will beat the Jedi with their hubris by using this really awesome plan in the system that I made up because I'm the best. Ha 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 hubris. (laughs) And apparently Echo didn't tell the rest of the Bad Batch that this was his plan. And they're all like, Are you trying to get the Jedi killed? You traitor! And Echo is like, Betrayal! Betrayal! (laughs) That's my Tom King accent. And that's the most I can do is just going, Betrayal! (laughs) 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 And Echo is like, Oh my god, chill out. I'm going to send a pulse out that will shut down all the droids. And Tech is like, Mmm... I don't know. This is pretty sketchy. Rex gets in the middle of all this and says, Can y'all just go back to how you were last episode and actually trust Echo for like five minutes? And even Toast Daddy Anakin is like, Yeah! Echo and Rex! I'm the Hype Man! Woo! Five of first! But at least Hype Man Skywalker gives Obi-Wan and Windu a heads up that they're about to be a lot more battle droids heading their way, and they just need to hang tight for a little bit. Meanwhile, Windu is like, this is a stupid plan! I hate this plan! And Obi-Wan is like, this is a very Anakin Skywalker plan! And Windu looks over at Obi-Wan and goes, how did you raise someone like this? And Obi-Wan smirks and says, don't worry, in like three weeks, he's going to be Palpatine's problem for the next 20 years, and you'll be dead. Enjoy it while you can. And they continue with their pew 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 of the battle and fighting droids. And a new batch of droids show up at the factory and surround Obi-Wan, Windu, and their men. And it's a lot more droids. And Windu looks at Obi-Wan and says, Are you sure I'm dying in like three weeks? Because I have a feeling we're going to get shot today. And Obi-Wan's like, just shut up and fight. But luckily, Echo strikes and all of the droids fall down. And Hype Man Anakin's like, That's our boy! Rex! That's our boy! Our baby boy! And Rex is like, Hell yeah! Five by first! I just self high fives. <laughs> Where am I? I lost my spot. But Spider Man Trench is like, What the hell is this shit? What is happening? Where? Why are my droids dead? What the fuck? 
Ha! Spider noises! Confused spider noises! Get me an answer now! When Newman calls him to Anakin and tells him and the Bad Batch that all the droids all over the planet, I guess, are falling because Echo short-shorted all the droids on the planet, I guess, and it looks like they won the planet. Hooray! <laughs> and it feels like it should be the end of the episode, but it's not because there's still 12 minutes left. And no, no personality hunter is like, well, I guess you're not a traitor, Echo. Sorry for that convoluted and sudden plot for the last 12 minutes that should have been introduced into last week's episode, so it was better written. And Echo's like, it's not a problem, Hunter. We have an entire sequel TV show to make up for it. And the mood is high, and the music is fun and jaunty, and they're ready to get the heckin' heck out of there. But Trench is still making confused spider noises, and he's very unhappy and not pleased. But he has a backup plan. He has a big-ass bomb hidden conveniently in the one factory that Windu and Obi-Wan are in, and he per is perfectly fine just blowing up the planet to mask his failure. But Echo intercepts that order, and he's like, BOMB! There's a bomb! Guys, a bomb! We need to throw a wet blanket at it! And Anakin <laughs> calls at Windu, and he's like, We need a wet blanket for a bomb! And Windu hears his music play, and if he had hair, he'd be blowing in the wind, and he's like, Ah, my time has come. I'll find the bomb. And Anakin also springs into action as well. If Echo can't help Windu disable the bomb, then Anakin will make sure we'll find I lost my spot. Then Anakin will find Trench to stop it. And Windu heads down the lower levels of the factory thing and he finds the bomb. And it's a big one. Plus it's ray shielded, so he can't get to it. And he has to use the force to disarm it. And Echo starts feeding him secret passcodes to shut it down. But oh no. Trench has figured out that the good guys are on the ship, and Echo is messing with orders. So he sends out a pulse where Echo is plugged in and shocks our baby boy clone. And then Echo gets knocked out and Rex is like, oh no, my boy. <laughs> and it's time for the Bad Batch to get the heck and heck out of there because there's droids and they're coming and they're getting blocked off. Bum, bum, bum. <coughs> What'd you guys think about too? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I especially like the shot of uh, Obi-Wan's face when Windu starts doing that speech. That speech is so good, and Obi-Wan's expression oh. when Windu starts doing that speech is so good. I have a theory on that speech that I tried to do in part one, and I think I think Windu, and this is like a rare, not kind of like, it's funny because it shows how dry, wet blanket Windu's humor is, but he gave that whole speech, I I believe a. I think mostly to buy just to buy a little time. I have that but, note too. Yes. But b b. I think inside his head, he just knew there was a point zero 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 one percent chance that it might work, and he would just love to see what that would look like, and be like. Yeah. Yeah, you know how epic that would be if they said we're gonna shoot, we're gonna destroy them anyway. But it would be that would be a a nice one to add to my wet blanket, you know, badge collection. Is that I just I just told all these droids to give up and they just sat down or whatever, you know, what whatever that that z almost zero chance would be. But he did it just on the just on the chance, and he's like, yeah, we're gonna have a fight anyway, so I might as well like try to try to set this one up. I mean, I, I, that was a great scene. I, I feel that way too. Like, I, I honestly feel like he was just trying to buy Anakin's team more time. But there's also like a little part of me that 
this late in the Clone Wars. We've already gone through Ahsoka's trial. We're not, we're more on Anakin's side, not really trusting the Jedi. We're seeing how corrupt they are. They're losing their touch with everything. That's the whole point of Ahsoka's next arc. You know, like, and we're starting to see, like, the atrocities of the Jedi. Like, they are acting like generals. They're getting militarized. They steal children and take them away from their families to raise as monks. They're borderline a cult. But then you have this one moment with Windu, which I, I, I felt was weirdly, not weirdly, that's not the right word. I felt that it was a nice moment that even this late in the Clone Wars, when we have a lot of reasons to doubt people and to even doubt him at this point, he still has a very Jedi moment, which was very nice this late in the show to show that there is still some Jedi-ness behind them. Do you think it was in response to Solo and, you know, L3 and, you know, it's almost like this idea that the, you know, that they're seeing the droids as more, um, I guess, more human than, you know what I mean? Having, that... having personalities that you can use. Yeah, Correct. Well, yeah. Yeah. You... And I mean, these droids are buffoons and he gave a speech that you would give to buffoons. So, yeah, they're, I mean, there seems to be like this, this sort of, um, spectrum of how people treat droids in star wars some people treat them just as machines but other people are like completely engaged with them as a you know a conscious entity and uh, i think the jedi are usually more on that that end of it that you know i don't know if some some jedi yes some jedi less so like obi-wan isn't a big droid guy he he likes the droids and stuff but he's not like but anakin and luke they 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 love their droids. Yeah, I mean, actually, um, a podcast that I listen to uh, a lot, which is Sky Talkers, they constantly bring up L3 um, and how it has kind of changed this entire yeah. focus of the droids and how they're handled and pictured and stuff like that. Lando um, really loved that, uh, <laughs> loved that droid. But it's, it is an interesting conversation to have um, because you can... I lost my train of thought. Yes. <laughs> Remember that episode when Anakin and Windu crash on that planet and Atu goes to get help? And Windu, at the end of that, Windu sort of learns a little bit to trust and respect Atu. To, maybe that was a moment where, because Windu was saying, what are you doing, Anakin? He's just a droid. You give too much respect to your droid, too much too much trust in yeah. your droid. And at by the end of it, Windu's sort of minor arc in that episode is that at the end. He becomes a little bit of an R2 fan. Oh, I was uh, actually gonna I was actually gonna ask if you guys because we were talking about the droids and all that kind of stuff and the that's where we were. I was oh, about wait, to no, wait, out. go back because you guys were just about to say that I made an awesome point about how Windu had that little um arc in that episode <laughs> where he started um to respect droids. <laughs> that was a very awesome point. Now Robbie, what were you saying? <laughs> I was I was just gonna ask if anybody had ever read uh, Last Shot, which I've was, been wanting to read Last Shot. Is it good? There's it is good, and there's uh, there's actually a really interesting sort of um, the plot of it is very interesting because the um, I guess the antagonists in the story are a bunch of people who have willingly made themselves into cyborgs. And they have like almost like a almost like a religious cult based around the idea that droids are the true, um, I guess the true 
you know, oh gosh, why can't I come up with the term? Like the um, true form of life, like the the yeah, end like all be all of but, life, oh, the highest order. Yeah, and they're they're like the superior beings in the galaxy, and that they've been oppressed all this time. And the leader of the group is a person who has willingly changed himself into a cyborg, and it's an interesting idea. And it's it's almost like it's almost like the the way that they've used the Clone Wars this last season of the Clone Wars is really to be very um very accepting of all of the different forms of media you know i mean of course you know i I know you guys haven't talked about it yet but there's some allusions to other media in the last arc and there's i think that this you can talk spoilers what are are you referring to well the uh the force is with me that are the oh yeah we're going i'm with the force and the force is with me that that whole thing bringing in rogue one into uh the clone wars is the first time that that's ever been acknowledged in the clone wars but it's also the the first time that it's after rogue one so it's just interesting how they're they're kind of yeah. tying in a lot of these different forms of media and i have to believe that last shot may have had some some sort of uh you know maybe just a little tiny bit of uh last shot thrown in there you know this idea that mace windu would talk try to talk to them as as beings instead of just you know mindless robots i was actually watching oh gosh it might i I think it was star wars it it was either star wars explain or the lore master and now i think more about it i think it was lore master um but it was talking about what the great maker was in enjoyed terms and there's actually different theories about it where when someone says thank the maker um, some people think that the maker is just whoever made the droid, but there is actually like a deeper theory in the galaxy that the maker is actually like a benevolent god of droids and stars, <laughs> and yeah. it's uh, it's something that's deeply programmed into all the AI of all droids that they believe in this higher godlike being, but it's something that's like that people can't seem to find in their programming, but all droids know what the maker is even though it's not programmed to be in their programming like it's a deep diving thing seems (laughs) seems dangerous to put religion in droid programming but okay (laughs) and then the maker dangerous to put personalities in too and and put them all together and yeah it sounds sounds uh suddenly luke skywalker is fighting agent smith in the matrix well i think last shot would be i think uh just you know gauging the response to to what i said i think you'd really enjoy last shot i think it's a, uh, I think it's a, a lot of uh, a lot of fun it's not the I, best you know, i think maybe it's just because like i've been role-playing recently as kira like i've been kind of really looking into the solo stuff and i'm really loving like all the stories that is around Solo. i love the solo time period i would actually like now that we know that crimson dawn was around during the Clone Wars because of the last arc. I would love the Bad Batch to maybe like run into Crimson Dawn yeah. um, in the mm-hmm. sequel series because they're all around during this time. Like there's there's a lot of things going on, even though it was not a perfect movie. I I'm looking forward to us doing commentary about it this winter because I've I keep finding that the more I look in, at Solo and look into the characters in the world and that time period, I really like the things around Solo a lot. So. Um, who has notes? Chris, bring us back into this. Um, 
I only I have one have, other shallow note. <laughs> I really only have I, I only really have shallow, shallow notes in in this, uh, and two of them got cut out because they're in the next part. I thought they were in the, I I thought they were in this part. This but, didn't um, have really clean breaks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I the, I just lo, like a lot of times droids get funny last lines, which reminds me of like games Scott Gardner and I used to play as little kids. So it always cracks me up. You know the oh no, you know not me. Yeah you know, what? Yeah yeah some yeah not in the face, but um. But this time when they were when the de- Jedi were just sort of wading through them. They didn't even get a chance to, like, have any snappy. It was just, I just wrote it as random droid argle-bargle. You just hear, like, (laughs) as they were getting flung around, and uh, that was cracking me up. And I'm glad that the the bomb thing didn't go the usual bomb route with two people going, the... The, the red wire or the white wire? The red wire or the white wire? Which one do I cut? Which one do I cut? And Or some space seat. And instead, it just sort of... It totally reminded me of playing one of the Lego Star Wars games. How, like, even how he, like, invo- like it reminded me of, like, okay, you gotta use... A, you gotta get a Force-using character, so I'll get Windu, okay, and then, like, hitting the button, then you see a close-up of the, of the little slider going click 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 i was just like this is like a this is totally a scene from lego star wars so hmm. I, I i like that that's Who all judged? that's all i really had just just shallow chris stuff Who judged, pretty... did you have any other notes yeah one thing that i would often bring up during my discussions with robbie was how it was constantly frustrating how the clone troopers would never <laughs> would never use cover how they would just stand completely out in the open blasting away and you know i always want them to sort of level up tactically and maybe be a bit smarter about things and you know at least have well someone teach them about cover <laughs> you know, <you> <laughs> cover when you're in a firefight and so that scene when they're all just standing completely exposed on the top of those boxes um blasting away it, just, it was just another head slapping moment but um, yeah, that's where the know. Jedi should. Jedi can just stand out in the open like that. The clones, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's that absent-minded, you know, when they're having that discussion, you know, where I hate this plan or whatever, and Mace Windu just kind of nonchalantly blocks uh, a blaster bolt. It's one of those little details I've I've always loved. The only other yeah. note I have is that seeing Jesse, you know, he doesn't play a huge part, but after when you rewatch this, knowing how that how it ends, man, it's uh. It's uh, tough on the old heart. That's that's the reason I'm going to cry when I get to see Jim Mandalore. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually, when we, when we did see, when I did see Jim Mandalore doing reaction videos, um, I actually have on camera that I cried for a solid, a solid 12 minutes over Jesse's yeah. death. So <laughs> yeah. I know that I'm going to lose it again. Because you flash back to everything that, I mean, standing side by side with fives in front of the firing squad and Umbara, I mean, just everything that Jesse went through. And at the end, for those two to stand on opposite sides, it's so, there's such a melancholy air to the finish of it. It's beautiful. That last arc is so beautiful. It's my favorite arc of the climb. It's one of my favorite things in any Star Wars. But and yeah. that melancholy really hangs heavy on it. It really captures how unfair everything was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robbie, did you have any other notes? Uh, my only, I mean, note, it's something I kind of covered already, but it was the uh, sort of from a filmmaking 
sort of point of view. I love the in that in like I I would say previous seasons they would probably cut between these these large sweeping shots of of you know air you know whatever the lats coming in or or whatever they would they would cut between that and then the the action on the ground and here there's so much more focus on connecting those scenes together in one sweeping shot mm-hmm. and it's just something that i really appreciate you know just because i'm a i'm a film dork so it's like from an editing point of view and a storytelling point of view it, it keeps you in the action and i just i just really i appreciate that yeah, yeah, and I think I think they spent more. I think they spent more money and had better, better CG. So they took advantage of that with 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 this. To that's probably why they cut before because they were like, yeah, that's gonna take some rendering time to yeah to to have all those elements in that sweeping shot. And this one, they're just like, yeah, let's show off a little bit, and it's beautiful. They do it in a very Star Wars manner too. It's yep. It's not like. There, a lot of times you see um, the CGI movies these days where they'll do those sweeping shots and it, it almost feels like a video game or something. But this they keep this like within the within within the visual world of and language of Star Wars. And it's awesome. There's there's yeah, it, it just in every battle, there's at least two or three really beautiful camera moves. Yeah, I love it. I love that stuff. Yeah. Anything else before we move on to Act 3 and we wrap this puppy up? Ra- Ooh, Hope said wrap the puppy up this time. Usually you're against wrapping the puppy, but okay. <laughs> the puppy's a droid. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Act 3? We're good? Yeah, that's how you count puppy droids. You just wrap them up. No. All right. <clears throat> Act 3. So Trench, right? He's all like, evil spider noises. I have the Jedi now that I took out that really cute clone, and it's time for me to win. But Anakin kicks in the door going, what's up, bro? I'm here to squash you like a bug. Literally. (laughs) Hope spiders are arachnids. They're not bugs. I'm here to squash you like an arachnid. Literally. Womp womp. (laughs) (laughs) Chris and I have another show called Home Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. And there's a point where a character, Mabel, in Gravity Falls goes, literally. Womp womp. (laughs) And (laughs) and I was like trying to figure out how to spell womp womp. Because I was like, is it W-O-M-P or W-H-O-M-P? And I was like, no, just make a middle note to say womp womp. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was like a 10 minute I, time of my time yesterday. I <laughs> lean towards WH myself in Womp Womp. I do too. <laughs> this was 10 minutes of my time, guys. Really, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> this is what I did. <laughs> anyway, and Anakin is totally in the dark side zone, taking out all of Trinch's guards. And then Anakin does his best deep throaty batman impression going how do i disarm the bomb <laughs> good lord <laughs> wow how do i disarm the bomb and trench is like oh look how cute and threatening you are but you're a precious baby jedi and you would never hurt me so anakin cuts off one of his arms saying 
Only my Padme bear gets to call me cute and threatening. And the, oh shit, look dawns on Trench's face that this is not a normal Jedi he's messing with. And Anakin's like, so let's try this again, shall we? And getting the information, I need to take a drink. That Batman voice got me, hold on. I get it. Disarm <laughs> the bomb. <laughs> I was trying to think of a dumb drink like that. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know if this is too insensitive, but it's also a bug. And a bad guy. So, anyway, where am I? Um, getting the info, Anakin tells Mace the final number. And what blanket has successfully shut down the bomb? And he threw all the blankets on top of it. So Anakin stabs Trench, who is like, oh no, my hubris. And then Anakin gets the detonator, jokes about killing Trench, and then gets the heck and heck out of there. R.I.P. Ya gross spider man. The Bad Batch and Rex and Echo are trying to get back to the shuttle, but there are so many droids. So Wrecker looks at Crosshair and he's like, hey, hey. Let's do the Gimli and Legolas thing at Helm's Deep. You want to do Helm's Deep? Are you ready? Let's do it! <laughs> and Wrecker runs out runs out a bunch of droids and then decimates them and runs into them and breaks them to, ki- to clear a path. And then it's Crosshair's turn. He places a bunch of shiny discs on the wall and in the ceilings as they're leaving. And Anakin catches up with them in time for Crosshair to unleash the Legolas shot. And he takes out an entire platoon of droids in a single shot, and Wrecker is sad. But not for long, because once they're safely back on their ship, Anakin hands Wrecker the detonator to blow up all the separatist ships. And Wrecker is over the moon, and he pushes the button, and it's the biggest boom he ever got to boom. And back on base, Mace Windu is like, yada yada, thanks for your service, and we're Jedi, and they walk away. But once they're alone, the Bad Batch are like, hey, Echo. You're, like, a big old weirdo, like all of us. And you're not pretty, like, Uncle Rex. You want to come hang out with us and, like, I don't know, join our squad or something? We're going to get a whole TV series, too. If, if you want to be a part of that, no pressure. Peer pressure. And it goes like, wowee! A whole TV series? That is surprising, especially since, you know, the Rebel sequel has been rumored for far longer. And that's what fans really want. And no one was like, man, I wonder if the Bad Batch want a TV show. But now that I write this, we've been podcasting for like an hour with Bucho and Robbie. And I found out during like Act 1 that they were like, man, we want a Bad Batch TV show. So that's why, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I want a on. Bad Batch TV show. Oh, we want all the spinoffs. <laughs> and Echo is like, but what about Rex? He's my friend. And Rex comes over and he's like, Echo, we go way back to season one where we met in Rookies, and I got some eel blood on you, and then I just, like, smeared it across your your chest, and it was hot, and then your friends, you, but all your friends are dead, so why don't you go make new friends with these guys? And Rex, learning to let it go, because he's about to lose so much in eight episodes, watches Echo leave with the Bad Batch, and the Bad Batch have their newest member, and they salute him, and then I cried some. The end! Yay! Yay! <laughs> What did I write for my notes? <laughs> Trench gets benched. Hey! <laughs> That's dumb. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Not genius this time, I hope. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll open this up. Um, so, I love that scene, actually, of Anakin killing Trench. Um, 
It reminds me, and I'm so glad now that I know that you've seen all Rebels Butcher because I was really scared about spoiling spoiling you with this note. Um, that scene of Anakin killing Trench actually reminds me a lot of Ezra in season three because Ezra in Rebels has several moments where we see that he can touch the dark side, pull on the power of the dark side, but he can still come back from it. And that's actually right. that something that Dave Filoni has talked about, which is the difference between Ezra and, and Anakin. Both of them can touch on the dark side, but this, the thing is, is that Ezra has the family structure to fully come back from it. Anakin doesn't have that structure, which we know in like, you know, three weeks, he's going to go into the point of no return. But it's still a really cool scene because we see him touch on the dark side and then he's immediately back in the light and like joking with the Bad Batch and he's back with his men and stuff. And it's just like, oh, if you just had a nice emotional support system, you would have been fine. That's so interesting. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah, and I will say music's not my strong point, but was that a variation of Palpatine's theme when he stabs Trench? I'd it's, have to watch it again. I it, usually would pick up on that. And that's what, of, that's what it kind of sounded like, only there, it was more of like, it was kind of some sort of, a, it was more high pitch. Um, and like, and it's, I think it was a string instrument. So it's just like, <laughs> Kevin Kiner likes to do little bit he he's he, he's subtly like john williams like the like john williams will take his themes sometimes and and change them just a little bit for a situation for a couple notes or something but kevin kiner's really good at taking like two or three notes from a familiar melody and the, like the instruments that play them and then go mm -hmm. off in a little different direction with it you know just to sort of i've heard him like play with Yoda's theme a little bit when Yoda's nowhere around, but it's not quite there. You know, it's just a little enough to invoke the force or a little Yoda-ness and it's really neat. So yeah, I bet he did. Butch, I can see you on, in your words, the death of creepy old trench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, the musical, I like music thing. Robbie's a lot better at that, picking out those things than I am. Yeah. I didn't actually catch that. But I like that he just reeled around for a while. Like, I thought he was going to get some last last word of like, but but Jedi don't or something like that. But no, it was just a very bug like death. It takes a while, <laughs> you know, for for their nervous. He dies on his back with a, with a chittering sound, right? Just as, as you see dead spiders that always on their back with their legs curled up. Yeah. Yep. That yep. chittering sound that that really hit me, um, you know, really creeped up my spine from the very first time I ever saw him in Cat and Mouse that I like that that was the last sound that he made. But another note that I've got here is that I think I compared it to Tal Merrick when Anakin stabs Tal Merrick and, and also is very flippant and makes a joke about it. And that's occasion we and that occasion we actually see the blade protruding from Tal Merrick. And I wondered if this more I called it a more Disneyfied version of the old stab where we actually don't see the blade protrude from trench himself but we see it come through the chair so it's an implied I, I just want to i have to ask because it's been such a hot minute since we covered tal merrick's the dude in the voyage this this first satine arc where yeah. like mm -hmm. satine and obi-wan are just like i'm a pacifist and he's like i love you and anakin's like this guy's gonna blow up the ship and he stabs the dude that's tal yeah, that's merrick, right. right okay that's the dude. It's just it's been a hot minute so. <laughs> Yeah, it hasn't been as long for us. Um, but yeah. so that so that's why that was one of those moments where it struck me. 
how Anakin was so flippant about killing human beings, you know, because for a lot of the Clone Wars, it's a bunch of droid slaughter, you know, and, and so you, when you see a, a human being, a Jedi kill a human being, it, it's really uh, something else. And uh, just how flippant Anakin was about it has always stuck with me. We actually talked about that a lot when we were covering Rebels, because that's the difference between droids and stormtroopers, is that stormtroopers are people. Yeah. And it changes kind of the context when you're like, Ezra's 14 and this is fun. But like, you know, if there was ever a scene where a stormtrooper wasn't wearing a helmet, we probably wouldn't see Ezra, you know, like hit him with a lightsaber. Yeah, it goes back to the Ahsoka, which Ahsoka versus the Trandoshans in that Trandoshan arc where the first, is that the first time we really see her going up against living things? But because they're lizard men and obviously because they're so dastardly, it, it sort of takes a bit of the edge off, whereas Anakin stabbing an actual human Mandalorian. They're humans, aren't they? I think yeah. they are, right? Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that was a, a sort of a level up. I just realized in that last conversation that like it's it's so funny that like we're talking about like them disnifying uh, lightsaber death, and then I was just thinking, but um. The Force Awakens had the first, like, real, like, battle blood, <laughs> like a stormtrooper with blood right. on his, on his, stor- like, uh, a bloody handprint, you know, from fighting. Like, it was, like, more out of a World War II or a Vietnam movie than a Star Wars movie, because usually it's just burnt, burnt um, laser people. And so, yeah. you know, somebody with just a little black patch on their on, but you know not no blood or you know or anything like that so it's just funny that like disney was actually the first <laughs> to sort of introduce blood into star wars mm-hmm. and and yet well i guess the tv show is also skewed younger and this is also it's 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 it is going to be somewhat of a different clone wars because it is on disney yeah yeah, and to be clear, that wasn't a complaint. It was just a note that I made. No, was, yeah, uh, no, I, I thought it was well I, done cinematically. I I didn't find that like being a a Disney production that it blunted it at all. From I mean, it never past. blunted Rebels. Rebels was very that's like, true. Rebels got hitting. there. It started. It started out with a lot of you didn't see stormtroopers get hit by lasers, but by the end of it. That, you know they were yeah. getting blasted left and you know they were getting blasted left and right. So. I mean Sabine shoots a stormtrooper in the face point blank, and I think like season yeah. actually I think it was season one because I think it was the episode where Ezra was undercover as a cadet and she has to come in to get him out, and I I seem to recall her shooting a stormtrooper point blank because we were both like oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where in Clone Wars we would have been just like oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about that, how weirdly flippant some of the violence is. And then, you know, some of it's treated like 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 what you're saying. It was like almost Disney fied. It's kind of I don't know. I was thinking I was trying to think because you, you got me. Uh, Chris, you got me thinking when you said the, the blood. And I was like, but wasn't Ponda Baba in New Hope when Obi-Wan cuts off his arm, his arms laying on the ground with blood on it? Which there of is yes is a big you know it's a that's a big <laughs> point of contention for a lot of lightsaber folks is that you know wait a minute there's blood there in the very first lightsaber use in Star Wars right. but 
Uh, well, those that. The, the, that race, they're highly anemic, so they bleed <laughs> very easily. <laughs> now there's a whole there's a whole new set of stories about how the walrus men are are anemic. <laughs> that that was actually a drink that fell on the floor, and his arm just fell into the drink. Oh, it was, there you go. It was a, it was a red space drink. <laughs> I think it all comes down to whether or not we can see their face. Um, because when we, when they were doing a lot of like the blasting and rebels, um, there was always stormtroopers that had their masks on. Um, but here, like we, we can see Trinch's face, which is probably why Disney was just like, let's hide this one a little bit versus, <laughs> um, when the storm, cause stormtroopers are almost droid like when they all look the same um and, it, and it's which, funny though but a spider face is the kind of face that makes most people instinctively react with you know kill it <laughs> kill 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 yeah so i i that's kind of how i take it and there there is very much a difference between disney and cartoon network because cartoon network doesn't have like the disney restrictions so something like tal merrick where he stabbed a mandalorian you know disney has different um standards than Cartoon Network, which has always been a little bit more looser with stuff like that. Yeah. So. Ah, oh, so the ending where they all have to let Ekin go. We all have feelings. <laughs> yeah, there's something about a salute. I don't know if it's. I don't know if this is the same for everyone, but there's something about. Maybe this is a dude. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't genderize it, but maybe it's a a meathead dude thing more than anything else. But there's something about when. You, when someone salutes another person, that's that sort of sign of respect that always hits me in the heart a little bit somehow. Especially in a moment like that where it's Rex, you know, where that Rick's getting saluted. Oh yeah. And, and when it's, he has that, that was the thing he needed. They both had to. He had to turn around to make sure he was going, and then you knew like that that was that was the only thing that they could communicate then that would would signal the final approval, you know. Yeah. Of, and and respect. And how can you not respect Rex after everything up to this point? I mean, he is the character who deserves that salute. Yeah. <laughs> I would say probably out of everyone in the show, except for maybe Ahsoka, which is why it's really powerful when he salutes her in the Siege of Mandalor arc, um, right before Order 66. <laughs> like, um, but that just the, the entire scene, like when he's walking away from them, like he looks like he's yeah. like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And I'm like, I'm with you, Rex. I'm like, Rex, don't cry, because if you cry, I'll cry. <laughs> um, but that scene is just so powerful. And even though Echo is leaving, there's almost just like a feeling of hope that Rex was able to save someone. And I, I was talking with Chris about this a couple weeks ago, so you guys are not familiar with this conversation. Um, but... I have to wonder if Echo is the first clone that he saved of many, because we see later in Rebels that he's with Gregor and Wolf. So I'm wondering if right. this is the first of many, and then he spends the, all that time in the Empire trying to save clones, and whether or not that this is actually his first step of being a life mission of hoping and saving his brothers. And it it doesn't feel like an ending, especially because there's a sequel show coming. Um, but it it feels like it is kind of like a new beginning, in a lot of ways. Especially, it it does feel like one chapter closing for Rex because we know Order sixty six is on the horizon. He's about to lose so much, and this feels like the first few inches of Rex's door closing on Clone Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things where. <laughs> Just, 
I, 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 I couldn't tell who said it, but just someone just going, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, that, it's that sense of melancholy that I brought up earlier that I, I love this whole uh, story so much. And, and But it does have that, that this, yeah. it's such a, it has it's so to. heavy. When you think, when you actually think <laughs> about what it has meant to be a clone and what it's meant to be Rex, you know, it's, it's so, it hits you right in the heart, man. And I think that's the thing that's really exciting for me, uh, knowing that they're going to do a Bad Batch series, is because one of the things that I didn't really think about until this shot of the show, it got me thinking. It's like, yeah, we've seen that, you know, in, in Episode 3, we see Order, 60, Order 66 happen. But somewhere between Episode 3 and Episode 4, the clones are gone, and they're all recruits. So what happens to those clones? And for me, it's like like after Order 66, what happens to them? And it it got me thinking. Okay, so the Bad Batch are they going to be like, are they going to are they going to participate in Order 66? Are they going to be activated? Uh, is something in their programming, or you know, in, because they were you know kind of outside the program for so long, are they going to even be aware of it? All that kind of stuff. Are they going to be? Uh, like what? What's gonna happen to them? You know, what's? How are they gonna do it? And then I got to thinking, how exciting would it be if after Order sixty six and between that and Rebels, Rex takes it upon himself to save as many of his brothers as he can. So he goes out and he starts searching out clones that are maybe being tossed aside in in a way. And you know, I mean, there's 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 a lot of interesting ideas that they could do, and it's kind of exciting if you think about it. I, I uh, here, here's a here's about... a story oh, post ahead, post clone wars the bad batch are out and they are a super elite jedi hunting team yes and the first yeah. the first episode is them hunting jedi and rex sets a trap where they think they're going to some planet to hunt jedi and then like the predator movie rex is just hiding in the jungle having <laughs> oh. them one by one and disabling their their chips and then you know and he grabs wrecker first because wrecker's the biggest one gets his chip out and then one by one they just keep capturing and i love de -chip, it de-chipping the bad batch and hunter looks so much like billy it'd be perfect Billy from Predator. Hunter will be the hardest one. Hunter will be the last one they have to catch because he's in a, he's in the wilderness and he's just in his element. So it'll basically be everybody against Hunter. Dude, that that is kind of how I do want the first episode of Bad Batch to be. Like I want them to have to have already gone through Order sixty six and we see those early days of the clones just being pushed out for stormtroopers. Um, and like them, like losing their place and their footing in the the world, and having Rex be the one to snap them out of it, and then kind of set them free. But there's also the idea that, I mean, maybe Echo is the one that breaks free first, and he's the one that's yeah. just like, okay, well, I'm the new guy. Let's save the Echo. Can, Echo could conceivably <laughs> not have. They could have yeah. like they could, he could say, oh yeah, they took out my chip because it was interfering with with. The program, my yeah. my yeah my interface with the computer or something you know and and there is other media like not everybody uh not all clones have to have their chips removed um in the kane and the last padawan comic one of the clones uh just had his program broken because he was such good friends with kanan he never got his chip removed he just right. got the programming broken um so it just did it through sheer willpower yeah from basically yeah, from, 
just remembering his friendship with Kanan and just being like, what we're doing is wrong. And he actually chose to blow up his own ship full of other clones to save Kanan. Um, because he's like, we are wrong. This is, this is wrong. Let me, I need to stop this now. And he made, he saved Kanan's life doing it. But, um, yeah, yeah. I want the first episode to be them in the empire. And they have to mostly just cause I want to see those early Imperial days. Cause we've seen it from the point of view of the Jedi. We've seen yeah, it from great the point angle. Of, yeah. And we've seen it from the point of view of the Sith, but we have yet to see it from the point of view of the clones. Um, and what it's like having these stormtroopers, especially having that line from Rex and Rebels going, those stormtroopers, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and thinking that they're better clones, like, there would be a lot of interesting ground to play with there, of humans versus clones when you're losing your place in the world, too. Oh, wow. You just got me thinking, humans versus clones, right? Yeah. The clones would probably feel more in kinship with droids at that point. Because now they're being tossed aside as, as almost like a second-class citizen. Man, this could be really cool. The, the, the Bad Batch could be one of the reasons why they were like, yeah, you know, one of the reasons it piled up that they said, yeah, let's go with humans rather than clones. Like a second-class citizen? They've always been second-class citizens. There's a reason why Padme was fighting for their rights in those sentences. Well, right, right. But, I mean, it, it just, it just it it's like an it underline. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that I mean... That probably with stormtroopers, they just went and looked for psychic class citizens anyway <laughs> to get them to sign up. Right? Yeah. Are you angry at the world? Come fight with us. We'll give you yeah, power exactly. and a gun. <laughs> Did you just Here's... just graduate space high school and don't really know what you're doing? Come on, join the empire. Here's a gun. Have you fun. Can, you can buy a land speeder. <laughs> did that I did just, that mean old alien make you mad and take your job? Join the Empire. Here's a gun. <laughs> I would love if it was actually just called Space High School. <laughs> <laughs> space High School, Space Senior Year. You guys are making me want to watch Starship Troopers again, too. I graduated space valedictorian. <laughs> oh my god! So hope today, this is a rebels, rebels joke. But uh, uh, yesterday I was I was in the in the shower and I had NPR on, which I rarely do. I usually put on trashy radio, but I had NPR on, and they had somebody talking about um, sloth sloth bears, but. I'm in the shower and I kept hearing loth bears. <laughs> like, and we had two of the sloth bears and they mated, but that you can't keep them with their mate and the kid because the male sloth bears will kill the kid. So, but they were lonely, so we got the two male loth bears, sloth bears together to, and I'm and the, and then they're like, and then when we put them together, they started popping and making popping, and they'd go like, ar, 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 and I'm like, what are these? Are, do we have space creatures on earth called loth bears that i've never heard of in my life and then i like had to go on the internet and figure out it was sloth bears i, I need to know what a sloth bear is hold on where's I, my phone it's an <laughs> it's it's a bear from india and they have weird uh they, they were traditionally when you'd see dancing bears they were the dancing they have very like yeah, protruding they're very cute looking and they're one of the nastiest they'll, they'll fight anything they'll fight tigers they'll they they don't care they're they're one of the most brutal bears ever but they're one of also very cute they also have very um cute facial expressions as they yeah. mock. Mm. 
But they're well, lost bears to me from now on. Well, Robbie, what were some of your other notes for Act 3? Well, honestly, I don't have a whole lot of notes for Act 3 because mm-hmm. it's it's all about the... It's just the wrap-up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, for me, I'm always, like, a story character guy, and we just don't learn a whole lot with these guys uh, in this last section. But, I, I mean... Again, I, I love it, but it's one of those things where it's like, like for me as a, you know, kind of lore slash character person, I just, you know, there's just not a whole lot for me to be it's, like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's more payoff of the stuff that we've seen get built up than right. anything. Right. Than... I do like the uh, Gimli and Legolas scene. Oh yeah, it's it's great stuff, but it's, it's all action-based, you know what I mean? It's like, I love yeah. it, but it's all like... Yeah, they're just being them. <laughs> what about I you, Chris? Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. So you go, Chris. Oh, oh God. Well, I got this one's just a a real shallow, dumb one. As I noticed. That's okay. That, I'm looking at pictures of sloth bears while we talk. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. Uh, I noticed that Echo has a flathead hand, and I wondered if he could flip it over to a. Phillips had a hand. <laughs> he t- I, I saw it and I was like, oh it's my a God. screwdriver hand, isn't it? Totally a screwdriver, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Pucho, did you have any other notes for this section? I was just thinking back to that scene with the with the discs, the shiny disc across his um, stunt shot that it's one of those scenes while where while you're watching it you're thinking why do the why does this laser bolt keep going through droids we never see that happen before but it's just so cool if you're one of those fans who gets hang, hung up on the technical side of things you can say why does this particular laser go through droids mm. and you just go just because it's cool and so don't think about Hi, right, it too much it's just cool right, and maybe right, it's a right, special right, kind of laser bolt right right con here guy i'll 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 uh, i'll explain it i'll explain it those um each no one prizes, of those little magnetic mirrors also has a little battery in it that just that just basically plows more energy into the bolt. so each each time it bounces off it's like a fresh laser bolt see it's easy I'll i just buy that for a dollar you just pull it also, right out your butt and that to quote, and to quote and pablo hidalgo to uh to quote pablo hidalgo now you're putting star trek in our star wars yeah. He constantly says that. He's like, if if you want technical stuff, watch Star Trek. We're making fantasy here. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it's the, cool. Yeah, the technical well, they do stuff sort of cross in Star into Trek that doesn't even work anymore. Yeah. yeah. Now they do sort of cross into that with the chips and the brain and that, but um, I'm basically along Pablo's um, line of thinking myself. You know, I don't get too hung up on any of that sort of stuff. But I did. I, I was nice to see the Roger George again. I mean, I, I haven't watched. Since I finished Star Rebels, I haven't watched any Star Wars anything. So I've been on this bit, sort of a Star Wars break. So yesterday, rewatching this arc again, it's so fun to see the Roger Jordans again and see old not in the face, not in the face mm-hmm. moment. You know, those those are the moments that just add that little bit of uh, sunshine to you. I <laughs> just love the one that gets the, the steam to the face and he's like, my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> But the other note I had was that it was going back to, I mean, I keep bringing it up about how deeply heavy and melancholy Five's story was. It was just so nice to see Echo get, you know, 
as happy an ending as possible, you know, yeah. for, for now at least, until we see what the next chapter is. But um, yeah, that was nice. I would because have loved the, especially to have the a... first time we watched it, we didn't know. There was no guarantees. We've seen what, that they are not afraid to give these clones some tragic endings, and so you know, the second time watching it, yeah, it was nice to be able to go through it knowing that Echo was going to come out of it in one piece, or the, you know, as in one piece as possible. The first time of this watching this reminded me like thinking not watching it myself but thinking about hope watching it <laughs> was just like when they introduced reintroduced uh, rex and rebels where they reintroduced him and i'm like oh my god they're gonna kill him and they're gonna give him an arc where he gets to go out heroically poor hope oh my god <laughs> and then and <laughs> And the same, and, and the same in this one. It's just like, oh God, everybody's gonna die and end up horribly. I I feel so bad for Hope because, like, and and it was even worse with that in the first arc with Rex because like the first time watching Rebels, it's just like, Rex could go in any episode. <laughs> every time, mm-hmm. every time Rex is on the screen, it could be the the last time you see him. And like, to me, just being used to um 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 trite storylines getting exploited i just assumed that that like this was going to be you know that they would take advantage of rex's end run and use that little bit of you know squeeze that bit of dramatic juice out of it but they didn't and it was so awesome but at the same time it had to (laughs) take hope through a hell ride of every episode with rex in it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rebel, like, going through Rebels the first time, white I was knuckling like, ah, White ah. knuckling it through Rebels. <laughs> Especially after Twilight of the Apprentice, when I thought we had lost Ahsoka, um, and we didn't see Ahsoka for, like, another two seasons, pretty much. Um, right. So after, after Twilight of the Apprentice, I was just very scared for Rex constantly <laughs> at every moment of every day. <laughs> yeah. But, so it was actually kind of a relief watching... Clone Wars season seven because I knew I was like Rex and Ahsoka are gonna be fine. They're, gonna be, they're not and, gonna be just fine, but they'll be fine. But actually, uh, okay, here's my here's my Siege of Mandalore story that I will bring up again when we do in Siege of Mandalore. Um, so Henry Gilroy, who is a writer and creator and works on Clone Wars, he's a sneaky guy because he was at Dragon Con a couple of years ago, and the only member of the five of first that we didn't know had an actual definite ending at the time was Jesse. Like, we had no idea what happened to Jesse. And so he was at his table at Dragon Con, and I came up, and we were talking, and finally I was like, so, Henry, I'm just curious. Like, we know what happened to, like, Fives, and we know in the story rules that Echo comes back. And I was like, so so what happened to Jesse? And he looks me dead in the eye, and he goes, I can't talk to you about that right now. And it just, like, mm. dawned on me of, like... Something horrible is happening. <laughs> I don't know about it. The Q Siege of Mandalore, where <laughs> everything happens. And and the whole time, like when I finally like saw Jesse's final fate, and I'm crying, and I was like, Henry Gilroy, you sneaky bitch. <laughs> I was so upset because like I knew that ever since then, I was like, if if we ever see Jesse again, it's gonna be for a reason. And then it was Siege of Mandalore, and I was just like well, this is way worse than what I was assuming. I just thought he would get casually shot, not have to face off against Rex and everything. Yeah. And now I'm crying. And now he's, he goes out. He doesn't deserve it. And I'm sad. Henry Gilroy. <laughs> like it was it was a whole like mess of me like swearing Henry Gilroy's wonderful name. 
Henry Gilroy, if you ever listen to this, I really highly respect you. Thank you so much for all your hard work in Star Wars. And please come on the show. Actually, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, well, did anybody else have anything for unfinished business? Mimi. No. Mimi, Me. just just some real short ones. We got yeah. some Star Wars limb chopping, which is always good. I love the shot of the, the droid getting caught in Trench's energy net. Because it's literally yeah. like a quarter of a second. It's a classic Star Wars, just like, this happened, oh, on to the next thing. And it was something that happened real cool. And they just showed you just enough of it and then move on. I love, I just love how they do that. Um, yeah. The shuttle taking off and flying away is like one of the coolest shots in, in the last four episodes. I thought it just looks awesome. And my final note, a master exploder button is seems like a security flaw to me when somebody <laughs> can just, if you take over a bridge, you can just push a button and up up pops your little joystick and it's like, okay, game over for everything, I guess. <laughs> not even a, not even like a spider fingerprint detector on it or anything like that. So, but that handing it off to Wrecker was a, a great scene. So I'll, I'll. I'll accept it. But uh, other than that, yeah, that's all I've got to say. This was my favorite of of this arc. I think the first one is still my favorite of this arc. Um, I love the introduction of the Bad Batch. That, that so. was my least my least favorite. <laughs> Kyrodex is my least favorite. What was you guys' favorite of this arc? This one was. Yeah, I think I think this one. Well, you guys can all love it together then. <laughs> <laughs> I will quietly stand well, this had, episode all by myself. <laughs> you know I love Trench, and this is the trenchiest episode. And, uh, yeah, I thought this one, like, the last, the the the, the first one's character-heavy. The last one was just all action and no, nothing heavy. And this one had a nice, just enough of a mix of it, and then Trench thrown on the top. It was almost... Um, almost quenching my greedy thirst so Chris, yeah, are you so. scoring it up right now no well i guess i guess i just i guess i am i guess i am <laughs> I, uh, yeah this is this is all scoring up talk so i gave this one a nine i i like this one a lot um, um 10 uh robbie score it up for us and why did you give it that score well, I gave it uh, during our show, I gave it a three and a quarter out of four. And I think that's still pretty good, which I think that equals out to about an eight out of ten. Um, I think the the biggest thing for me is that I guess partially I have to I know I, I shouldn't grade on a scale, but I I kind of think about other episodes that I've given nines and, and, and even tens. And I feel like this one is a is a. I mean, it's definitely, definitely good. And if I could just say one thing that I really appreciate about this, this about season seven in particular is, you know, not only the the camera work as, as I'd mentioned earlier, but even the character animation is better uh, to a to an extent that I just like, especially like when Anakin comes into the br- onto the bridge and he's, you know, how angry he is and the the animation on his face is so much better. It's just something that I really appreciate about this, uh, about season seven, especially, you know, we were, we were kind of right butting up against 
you know, the end of season six and, and how far they had come in that time, it was really, really cool to see the, I guess the, all of the, the awesome animation that they were, they were able to do for season seven. So there you go. What about you, Bucha? Yeah, I look back at my score from when we covered this in March as well, and I gave it an eight at that point. Um, but uh, now I have it at a nine, and I've sort of, like I said earlier, I've enjoyed the whole arc a lot more. A lot more. I shouldn't say a lot more because I enjoyed it the first time, but I enjoyed it more being able to watch it as, as like a one shot. I, I sort of watched the first two episodes, took a break and watched the other two episodes, and um, also <laughs> not having all of that all of that dread hanging over Echo's fate, knowing that he was going to make it out, made it more more enjoyable as well. So, um, yeah, I have it at a nine as well. And I, st- I have that same thing that Robbie has, and that I know that you you have too, Hope, where you think, well, I really like this, but I know that there are other episodes that I want to give a 10. So I the way I solve that is I give episodes in the final arc 11s and 12s. <laughs> yeah. we, we've actually had Ooh. that discussion. Yeah. I liked that. I like and I have too. a I have a degree in um, applied math, so I'm allowed to. <laughs> <weird> <laughs> like that. Yeah, we actually discussed that because like I was scoring lower, and Chris was like, "Why are you scoring so low?" Because I'm like, all the uh, end episodes are going to be tens, Chris. I have to start low. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have yeah. to give myself room to have some criticism here. <laughs> and I always me, I always reach that point in podcasting where it's like, why not give it a fifteen? There's no <laughs> podcasting commission or math commission that's going to come and get me. And if they I, did, that would be amusing anyway. <laughs> my buddy my buddy Bill Meeks used to just make up convoluted scales on his podcast, and it would change every week. So, like, he would just be like, I gave this 283 bottles of milk out of 592. <laughs> like, they would change items and numbers every week, and I was like, that's fun. I couldn't keep up with that now. This is 15, 15 boats out of a 45 boat armada. Yeah, that, I mean, that was what it was, and so like, and he'd always tie it into whatever because he was doing a Once Upon a Time podcast, and he would tie it into like whatever he's talking about. So in this, he would be like, "I gave it um, twenty-eight and a half Echo flat screw arms out of thirty-two. <laughs> he would do stuff like that. Um, as for me, this is a good final episode setting up Rex Zerk for Order sixty-six. I love the Anakin killing scene; it's so good. But I, I still do have a real issue with the writing of the Bad Batch not trusting Echo because it really kind of makes that first 12 minutes really wonky. But at least it cl- gets cleared up pretty fast that the last 12 minutes is just fun, pure awesome. So I gave it an 8 out of 10. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. We're not doing any feedback this week just because we have guests and we don't, don't do feedback when we have guests. But we also we discussed not- we discussed doing candy, but then like realized the time frame and the expense of of sending candy to New, <laughs> New Zealand would have been. <laughs> and like I I actually went through our candy and I was like, no, we don't. I thought I had this thought of like, maybe we have a piece of candy from New Zealand that he could just go to the corner store to get. But no, no such luck. Someday we'll get candy to our guests, so. Yeah, I should have, uh, maybe I should have thought about that ahead of time and sent some to you guys. Give Dario a break for a week. (laughs) I mean, you could still send us candy. We won't say no. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) We'll always take free candy. Yeah, I mean, we don't know, we we don't need to, Dario doesn't have to be that, we don't have like, 
I don't see no ring on this finger. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just saying, like, this episode's probably going to be out about Halloween. So, like, we're down for free candies. Down <laughs> well, but, you, I mean, you're not going to read any um, feedback, but I can give you, I've sort of actually already have given feedback that the Rebels Roundup Roundtable with Ali and uh, Gabby was uh, a ton of fun to listen to. I listened to that yesterday while I was tidying up my office in my garage. And as <laughs> always, two, two plus hours of uh, just fun. Quick question. Quick question. What would be the best candy from New Zealand, in your opinion? Yeah, that's one of those things where I'd have to really look up what. I mean, we have Cadbury. See, I didn't even know what are our what are our native chop um, candies. You know, it's one of those things where I guess minties. We've got this thing called minties, which is just like a mint toffee. So I guess it would maybe be that, but it's one of those things where I, there are things that I might think of as New Zealand candies that I think you can get in other places as well. Like I think Minty's, Cadbury chocolate Minty's is made in other mint places. toffee sounds sufficiently foreign. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's to me. That's probably our most iconic. Um, if there is an iconic New Zealand candy, it's probably Minty's. Although, and we have a, a chocolate brand called Whitakers that uh, is my favorite chocolate brand as well. See, but that's. Not so probably that different from other, uh, or at least European, Europe, European style chocolate, anyway. No, I think every country has one candy that has a really cute name, that's like a little like something you would name your bird or something, and then it has another candy that's like a family name that sounds old and, yeah. and distinguished. You know, that's we have is, yeah. we have Werther's Original here, and and then we have Tic Tacs. <laughs> yeah, minty's like a big chewy tic tac. Ooh, sort of, but doesn't have a hard shell like a tic tac. So that I'm just that's terrible. Just uh, cut that bit out, Chris. Edit, no. <laughs> cut, chop. I like home, so it's like no, no. <laughs> if, if he won't even Go. cut out me farting loudly, you think that's gonna get cut out? <laughs> Come on, you've listened to this show long enough. <laughs> Well, I do want to say we're not going to have feedback from next week either or Candy because we do have another guest next week. And I'm super excited about this one because this is actually a show that I'm about to guest on for the next four weeks. So actually, by the time this podcast comes out, that should already be up and running. So you guys should go check out Pink Milk Podcast. We're going to have Brian on from Pink Milk. And what Pink Milk is is a set of a couple gay dude husbands, Brian and Tom. And Brian is a super fan, and Tom is his husband that gets forced to watch, and they like that they have forced in capital and, you know, Star Wars Oh, I didn't get that the first time. <laughs> and he's forced to listen. And they're just super, super, super sweet guys. Um, they look at Star Wars from a queer point of view, and I'm super excited to be on their show to look at The Mandalorian from a queer point of view for them for four weeks. But um, I'm so so excited to have Brian to be on because next week we're starting the Ahsoka arc, and that first episode of the arc is the gayest thing I've literally ever seen. And all of Star Wars and Trace Martez and Ahsoka are coded so gay. So I really wanted another gay person on here to be like, yeah, that episode's hella gay. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you drink up, and we're gonna have pink milk with us next week. So yay! I'm so excited. I love guests. Oh my They're gosh. so sweet, too. They're so funny. I noticed they have an episode from April that's all about Ahsoka's ride or die itches. Well, you know, ride or die. <laughs> that's, ride that's or die actually... itches with a with a with a 
an asterisk at the front of it, so it's um, it's right or die it bitches is. when you're on it a classy is. podcast. So yeah, I'm, I'm literally downloading it right now. Yeah, yeah, they're so great. Um, I would also, if I had to say, like a good starter episode for them. Um, let me pull it up because I have their show on here. Um, I really enjoyed episode 29 talking about Star Wars and Pride Month because they really talked about their journey of being queer in Star Wars. And so that was a really good one. Um, I also really enjoyed, um, I'm currently listening to episode 35 where they're talking representation with Sisters with Sabres. And Sisters with Sabres is an all black female podcast. So they're talking about representation, not just from a gay perspective, but as a black female perspective as well. And then episode 36 with Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained was really interesting because we get to hear what representation, how it affect, uh, affected somebody from who's like cis, straight, and white, and the first time representation hit them of, oh, that's what different pronouns are. Right. So hmm. they're really, really great. I'm super excited to be on their show. So if that's it, hey, Boucher and Robbie. Where can people find you guys? Thanks for having us. Yeah, um, I'm not doing anything uh, online at the moment, but uh, yeah, well, you know you can find Robbie at Order 42 show. At Order 40. The one thing that I took me a while to learn was you have to do that all in one word. At the Order. No, wait. At Order 42 show on Twitch and on yeah. YouTube and on Twitter. Yeah, I'm betting there, bet there's still some of your... Uh, I'm, that that entire podcast of phone words that you did is still still hanging around there on the internet though for people who who need a guide. Yeah, if you don't want to if you don't want to wait for the um, next eight weeks to go over the rest of uh, season seven, you could go and listen to uh, the Sin and the Clones version of events. Although, um, oh, seven seasons. The, I mean, I'll be listening to the Jaguars and Jedi version of events anyway. But yeah, that's over at buchoandrobby.podbean.com. Yeah, why not both? That's what they really need to do is for the full picture is they Heck need yeah. to listen to all both podcasts through their entire run. Which I say jokingly, but I know there's people out there who do stuff like that. <laughs> Gene Gene. Gene, <laughs> <laughs> podcast machine. Also, um, if you ever want somebody just to shoot the shit with and talk about stuff on Order 32, I like talking. Oh, well, I will definitely, yeah. I've got all kinds of... Not that I'm voluntelling you to put me on your show, but I'm I'm voluntelling you to I'm free. Okay. One thing to note about Order 42 is it's a video show, so that would be your um, impetus to finally get your camera uh, sorted out, hope. Oh, I do have a cam. It, no, it's just my my microphone does not play well with my webcam because what you can't see. Oh, well, we're so close to ending now. I can now show. Where's the? Where is this? How do I? I'll show you. Uh, there, that button. I've actually made a new background. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I still awesome. can't see anything on mine, but I'm sure it's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> I hear it's awesome. That's the word on the street. Just go, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Ooh. <laughs> now let me turn off my camera before I blue screen. <laughs> um, so, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That's a website where we keep all the podcasts, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. I think that's 5,000 plus podcasts 
remember I was getting all excited about 5,000 podcasts. Now we've like, we're, we've already put out 150 podcasts since then. So yeah, there's that. It's a lot of podcasts. You could, uh, it's, it's a lot of different podcasts. So that's how we can <laughs> churn them out. There's a lot of people doing it and you can see all of them there and you can find their RSS feeds to subscribe to them there or on iTunes. And where all the hot talking action is, is on Facebook, where we've got the Two True Freaks podcast, where you can see all our shows. And then we have the Two True Freaks cantina. That's more of a forum to hang out in. And of course, if you're one of those people that goes on to Twitter, which, okay, that's fine. That's your life decision. <laughs> I, you know, I don't judge. But if you go on to Twitter, you can actually find a, a, a Two True Freaks outpost, a, 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 a beacon of light in a sewage sludge toity bowl man world. And that man is Gene Gene, the anti-sludge machine. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I backed myself into a corner that time. Butcho, do you want to sing the song? Gene! Yeah! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's not a complicated song, but I'm always... <laughs> it's so uncomplicated, even though I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, basically... That's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at JGuysAndJedi. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molnax on Twitter. I have my wonderful website, GeekyGirlExperience.com, where I write reviews and I talk about all sorts of fun things. And Chris and I also have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. And we are, oh, by the time this comes out, we'll be in season two of Gravity Falls. But mm. we just recorded our finale episode of season one of gravity falls and chris now has an entire entire season of it under his belt yeah we're about to do a wrap up of gravity falls and then chris gets to make hope watch a cartoon yay oh a twist yeah that's gonna be all special so yeah all right you guys well thank you so much for being on the show thank you this has been a dream come true Oh, well, you guys know you're welcome back anytime. And oh, if yeah, I can we're bu- going to figure out other... I, I like, enjoyed talking with you guys so much, and, like, I'm such an idiot, and I just do so many podcasts and get brain-fuddled that I'm talking to Hope, and I'm just like, ah, oh, I can't wait to have them back on the show. And she's like, they've never been on our show. And I'm like, yeah, they have. And she's like, no, we've been on their show. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, we will figure out any excuse to have you two on at any time. And if you guys figure out any, don't be shy to toss it, to give us any any little excuse. Yeah, I mean, if I can volunteer myself to be on Robbie's show, then you guys can volunteer <laughs> us to be on our show. I'm um, going to have a camera soon, so I, I could uh, also be... I also, I also know some puppets who uh, are aching to go on... Twitch shows. And honestly, oh, if, you guys, if you guys ever just want to just talk Star Wars in general, we can just do a general shoot the shit episode of Jagged and Jedi 2. Yes. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be like, yeah. let's talk about a single episode. I We love having you guys on your show. We enjoy talking with you guys. We love your show. So please, 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 like, it would be, feel it would free be, to come. 
it would be really fun to have like one just like hand-picked hot topic to cover in a whole show that would be really fun to some, yeah. something to really like wedge into wedge <laughs> what he's not a real character he's boring in all media okay well come back Aww. next week <laughs> no 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 i just i know wedge has a very interesting life in the books but as someone who hasn't read yeah. the books i'm just like he's yeah. there we'll put the we'll put the wedge episode on the bottom of the list right I mean, now just talk, just talk about white toast daddy i mean He's about as white toast as you can. <laughs> so, I can't I really just, not like Anakin. <laughs> Anakin's more of a crystal. <laughs> oh, jeez. Come back I'm, next I'm week. Everybody. We're going to start the Ahsoka arc. And we're going to have Brian from Pink Milk. And it's going to be hella gay. It's going to be so gay. Guys, next week's episode is so gay. You think I write callous and Zeb fan fiction? Girl, you don't even know how much I'm about to write some Trace Martez and Ahsoka Tano fanfiction. Come back next week. It's going to be here. Turning the gay up to 11. To 12. 12. <laughs> 12. Yes. <laughs> I might shout, yes, queen, a few times next week. Okay, don't, please. Yes. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs>Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.